All right, do the podcast. All right, we're going to do the podcast. Oh, God. <clears throat> okay. Uh, what do you want to talk about? Jay Bird and Mikey Dunn. Hey, everybody. Uh, <laughs> welcome to you Sitting want, Ducks. You want to do that? Do you want to do what? Do you want to do it? Do what? The intro host. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. You, you you want me to do it for real? For real? I don't know. I thought I just I did just it. I just don't know. I think I just did it. <laughs> Okay, now we do the show. Man, this is a dark day on the Sitting Ducks this podcast. Is a fucking episode, man. We had a long weekend. We had a re- really long weekend, and I think Mikey and I are both realizing, if I, if you don't mind me speaking for you. Sure. Sure you do mind? I absolutely mind. No, please go ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, we're both realizing right now that we are very tired. We're both super tired. It's Monday. Very night. exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. And we probably wouldn't be recording today after a long weekend, which we'll talk about. Yeah, we'll talk about it. If we did not have a Sitting Ducks improv show this Friday, April 29th, that we want to, you know, talk yeah. about a little bit, promote a little bit. Just a hey, little bit. Hey, who, you know, who's to Look, say we can't promote? Are we bigger than promoting ourselves? No. Fuck no. Absolutely not. No. People do it all the time. I fucking blast my shit out onto Instagram all the time. And I know nobody from my high school is looking at my Instagram and saying, I'll go check out a show. Yeah. Or college. Mm. And even some people within the community. (laughs) (laughs) It's not their job. It's nobody's job. But, you know, for the off chance that somebody sees Some, him like oh you know that's what? happy on friday how's just how is justin doing oh my god his hair's long now wow i'll go see his show looks good he's gonna do a podcast he's 30 now oh uh, 30 he's a little he's he looks good for his age <laughs> <laughs> uh, you nailed it yeah. now i'm 31 now You're 31 yeah now. i'm 31 now do people from your high school go to shows um were people from your life from before I met you? Yeah, uh, not really. Uh, yeah, not really. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's a tough one. I've had my friend Steve. Shout out to Steve if he, if he's listening. He's 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 come out to a couple shows. I went to. I didn't go to high school with him, but he went to the uh, uh, tr- high school in my town, Tri County mm. um, Tech High School. Um, so we both grew up in Franklin, Massachusetts. He's been to a show or two. Cool, um, but. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. Uh, I don't really. I've had a couple friends come. I don't. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't I, expect it. It's. A, it's I don't a, expect it either. Improv is a thing. It's. It's not for everybody. It's a. Yeah. And that's why you just kind of get into uh, 
a community that likes it because it's not a it's it's kind of a weird thing sure sure it's not like a it's not like people go to bowling alleys to watch people bowl right (laughs) (laughs) um i mean i'm sure there are some people but you know no one's going to diamond hill bowl in woonsocket rhode island to catch a game match are you you're compar- you're preparing just people bowling for pleasure with improv? <laughs> <laughs> I'm confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> are they are they not the same? Because I think bo- I think <laughs> I think bowling is incredible. I do too. But I mean, I guess like if I guess like it, if there's a bowling team, maybe. Well, yeah. Yeah, because you know, people, is that what you mean? Yeah, because okay. people bowl professionally. I'm just thinking. Right? I guess where I was confused was like the organization of like an yeah. improv theater compared Sorry. to just like people just going to bowl, where there's not just like a place I can go and pay ten dollars and right. just do improv in a lane. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm just gonna go watch all the people yeah. at the improv bowling lane right now. No, I'm I'm not comparing improv to cosmic bowling that happens between the hours of seven and nine. Like a business. Like a business. Right. Yeah. That a family can right. pass down. No, I'm talking about cosmic bowling. You know where they, they shut all the lights off and everything is like mm-hmm. blacklit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no other way to bowl. <laughs> Imagine being a fucking pro getting to a, a lane <laughs> and just be like, what the fuck is this shit? I'm going to bowl in the dark? Yeah. Imagine working at the cosmic bowling lane. You can never go in with cum on your shirt. No, you cannot. <laughs> why'd you why'd you look at me like that? It's just it's a it's very specific. Uh I was curious if you <laughs> What? Uh, does that hap- does that happen to you? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm never going to places with black lights for that reason. Right. Oh, because you have come on everything. <laughs> you just have no idea what, what, true. what you're going to be walking into. That's a great way to live life. You ever walk into a, a, you know, a rave and look down at your pants and just realize that it's, it's time for you to go. I have not. It's time to call your night quits. Yeah. A half hour bef- before the Molly hits. Ooh, right. Actually, that's, not true. Molly, Molly hits a lot faster than a half hour. But I would say just take off the pants if you're on Molly at that point. You know, fashion fashion a skirt out of the remaining material, maybe. Yeah, go crazy. Anyway, we have a show this Friday, Friday, April 29th. April 29th at at nine nine p.m. Nine p.m. at the Province Improv Guild AS220. And if you went to if you went to high school with Mikey Dunn, come on out. Yeah, uh, or you know, actually, I'd, you don't. I would say not. It's just like I don't want to have to have the conversation of like how you doing and like right and and everything was made up. None of that was written beforehand. And if it was, it would have been different and maybe better. Maybe sorry. Yeah, and also just like explaining. Yeah, I don't. I don't come. Don't come. Please don't come. Please don't. Yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. Friday, April twentieth at nine p.m. But yeah. not now. We're not telling you to come though. Yeah, if you specific people. I mean, you know, if you you know who if you know you know you know if you should come or not. Yeah, yeah. But also, if you're unsure, oh, you know if you you're if you know if you're not gonna go, 
that you're you're not the, the our target target audience. Right? Exactly. I mean, I guess if you are genuinely interested. Yeah, if you're like even on the fence. Yeah, I would say it's you may like it. On I don't know. We should do. We should. Uh, it's gonna be fun and funny. I'll jam if I know you. Okay, I'll say this. Okay. Right now. All right. If you're watching this. Yeah. And the show has not happened yet. Yeah. If you want to, if I will jam with, with you, just be like, hey, I, I, you talked about this on podcast. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen you in like 17 years. You said you would jam with me uh, if I come. Right. What's a jam is probably what they would say. And then I explain <laughs> what it what was. They're, yeah. 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 And, and then a jam means that you join us. Right. And doing improv. Yeah. And now you can close that door. Yep. Yeah, they probably they probably turned. They probably already left. Yeah. Anyways, Friday, hey. Friday, April 29th. 9 p.m. 9 p.m. Providence Improv Guild. Uh, Friday, 7 p.m. in Tarobang. You and our friend Josh Dixon. And Saturday, uh, 7 p.m. Sure, but I would yes. Let me finish the Doctor Knight. Right. T- sure. You I'm got, trying to promote you. Yeah, I'm trying to promote promote you too. Right, but we can't. It's it it kind of like. It, 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 it's counterproductive but they're different, for different to, days though they are but it's counterproductive for us to say the dates the same dates at the same time eh. okay They're completely different months oh what oh no april 30th is saturday yeah 7 p.m doctor nighttime april 29th friday 7 p.m interrobang josh and justin and melissa bowler Oh, and and Jimmy, Jimmy Sorrell. Jimmy Sorrell. Brad, Rohr, Brad Rohr, recovering from back surgery. Can well, Brad. Ooh, can well, Brad. He'll be out. Hashtag. Tom Epstein standing, stepping in. This weekend? Swinging in, yeah. This Friday? This Friday. God damn, y'all heard it first. Yeah. Ooh, doggy. This is going to be a fucking killer, killer show. That's, the return of Epstein. That's intense as fuck. Yeah. Quite excited. Quite excited. He, Tom Epstein said that he was not coming out of retirement this soon. And yet, here we are. Wow. So Breaking news. Yeah, breaking news. Friday, 7, 9, Saturday, 7, 9 for sure, but yeah, there's we're not picture. performing it. Yeah, there's time. another picture. But yeah, we will be, between the two of us, involved with Friday 7 o'clock show, Friday 9 o'clock show, Saturday 7 o'clock show, if you want to come yeah. see us do improv after we talk about it on this silly little pod silly little thing that that we call a podcast yeah yeah well well welcome everybody we've done it we've done it we've promoted yeah how are you why is this such a such an exhausting monday oh uh i think we just you and i both had a very very long weekend we had a very long very comedic new york city weekend for the boys very new york weekend very brooklyn weekend very boy heavy boy heavy Hot heavy, oh, um, heavy, comedy heavy, comedy good heavy. lord, comedy heavy. Ka- the Kahamahadi. Food heavy. Food heavy too. Yeah. Food pizza heavy. heavy. Pizza heavy. Well, two nights is good. Two nights, two pizzas. Yeah. 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 Uh, we were there for Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. We I wouldn't there. even consider Thursday night a night that we were there. I mean, even though we were technically there, but. I mean, we did get food and we did go in the hot tub. We did. So we did. We were there. It wasn't a bad night. It wasn't a bad night. Yeah. Could it be, could be my favorite night of the entire trip. Good intro night. <sighs> Great I intro night. think we Mario Kart. We did. Yeah. Good intro night. We played night. a very tired game of Mario Kart. Yeah. We were trying to prepare ourselves for the weekend. Mm. Much like I do every Thursday. Because sure. you got to kind of be in a sweet spot. 
for the Saturday seven and nine o'clock shows or Friday seven and nine o'clock shows, whatever fucking day we're performing. Correct. You got to kind of be on the ball, which, you know, weekdays, my bedtime is roughly 10, 1030, mm-hmm. roughly. So for me, it's good. Thursday night's always the night that I'm like, boy, I'm pushing it. I'm going to stay up till midnight tonight. I think that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm usually after midnight for bed. Really? Most yeah. Most nights? Most nights, yeah. What time are you up in the morning? Uh, 8.30. Dude. 8.20. Dude. If you're <clears throat> not asleep by 12.20, yeah. you're not getting eight. I know, man. You gotta, the, the, the eight, eight's important. It's very important. Eight is important. You're killing yourself, man. I know. Okay. But I'm, living, know. but I'm experiencing more. I know. To where it kind of balances out the years I'm killing myself. True. At some point, I yeah. think. Yeah. Uh, you're going to have to fill me in off off the record of, of what, what, what you're experiencing within the late night hours that I might be missing. So, Absolutely. Yeah. But oh, it's, uh, it's usually. Life changing stuff? No, it's usually just tired. Just yeah. tired looking at your phone? Uh, maybe phone, maybe a movie, yeah. maybe a show, maybe who knows, Sure, working on something, but most of the time it's probably just going to be like some type of entertainment. Sad stuff. Taking me away from bedtime. Yeah. Maybe a book. Oh, a book. A book. I can't read that late. Enough about me. Anyway, um, so Thursday night, we stayed up late, played a little Mario Kart, mm-hmm. and then Friday night, we hit the city. We hit the big city. We, we were staying. Strip. We were staying in Brooklyn. The New York Strip. Is that what they call it? Nope. Nope. That's a steak, right? Is it what? Is that a steak? Yeah, they could call the New York Strip a, a steak. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But uh, yeah, we went into Manhattan. I think an LA the LA Strip has a steak too. Is there an LA Strip steak? The Vegas Strip. Vegas. Okay. <clears throat> Anyways. Yeah, oh, so. but yeah, I think you know, steaks are referred to as strips. Sure. I don't want to deter okay, let, or take us away. Friday from, night, yeah. what do we do? Friday night, we went to the uh, Comedy Cellar. We did. And uh, we did. the famous Comedy Cellar, I should say. Fucking famous. So famous that I didn't really, I knew we were going somewhere famous, but mm. I didn't realize how famous this place was until I saw the stained glass. Uh, yes, that is that is the... Trademark. The trademark, yeah. If anybody's seen it, uh, like a little stained glass... Uh, piece on the back of the stage of a comedian on a stage with a microphone and, and multicolored letters that says the comedy seller yes you'd recognize it that's not a great description but you will recognize it you will recognize if you it like comedy anyways we went there friday night we did we saw matt richards carmen mm-hmm. lynch dan nature man Nat- natterman natterman couldn't okay. even tell you alex english daniel simonson and tony woods wow yeah, Daniel Simonson was pretty, he had us rolling. He had us rolling, for uh, sure. Definitely look him up if anybody's interested. Uh, look any of them up. I mean, I, yeah, I, 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 I agree I, more. Yeah, it was a great night. I didn't know any of those names before going in. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, it, was a, it was a very uh, humbling experience because, you know, when I see stand-up, it's usually somebody that I like coming into town that could literally say anything on a mic and I would probably laugh at it. Mark, sure. Mark Maron, for an example, yeah, which we, we just saw. Yeah, we went to him a couple weeks ago. Um, but seeing stand-ups in New York City, uh, 
you know, uh, uh, proved that writing and performing comedy, uh, it does, it does look difficult to me now. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. They were working. They were working. Yeah. And um, some, some, some things didn't work. I would say that watching, watching that stand up show made doing stand up very real for me. Cause it's easy to be like, oh, you know, I could I could put a couple of these jokes together and you know build up enough steam to just sustain myself over the course of whatever it is, five to fifteen minutes. Um, but I think what we saw was a very like laughs per line uh, formula, not formula, like laughs per line, like the amount of laughs that they were getting were very important and they got a lot of jokes in over the short period of time that they were on stage and it felt a lot less personality and more mathematic mm. maybe sure but it was a, a a humbling experience to say the least inspiring at the same in the same vein um but yeah yeah I think the part of, I still, I think we, you know, just as two comedians uh, ourselves here uh, doing improv, we definitely do talk about the idea of wanting to try stand up. Mm -hmm. Just to like, just if not thinking that it's going to be go well, right? But just for the experience alone, like just that different perspective on comedy and that. It's a it's a different laugh you're looking for. It's for you, yeah, um, rather than for a group necessarily. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the part that is the most intimidating to me about stand up. And the thing that's probably the most different about stand up and improv is it's two different types of vulnerability to me. Right. Um. They're they're very similar, and I'm sure we could come up with a, a variety of ways that, that in which they're similar. Uh, the vulnerability in stand up and improv. But improvs is so, you know, the easy one is the fact that when you're vulnerable, you're going up there without material. Right. Uh, you're going out up there with practice and maybe uh, a connection with the people you're going up there with, which mm -hmm. is a huge part of performing improv and doing good improv is one, knowing the people that you like performing with. Yeah. And two, being willing to open and be open with said people and yourself. Yeah. Especially chemistry. Chemistry. And especially not knowing what you're going to go up there as far as material goes again right. you're just going up there with the practice and the and in the inspiration to make an improv set work yeah comedy one you're alone so you don't have a team to support or be supported by especially if you're having an off day so you're up there alone so there's that vulnerability but on top of that the vulnerability of not just practice but like pre-thought jokes yeah. pre-thought of what you think is funny pre-thought perspective on what you think of the world and aside from the intimidation of just like writing a joke with the intent of trying to make a whole room laugh based off this one thing that you're thinking of beforehand, mm -hmm. it, the joke could be irrelevant by the time you get to the stage if it's a, you know, a, a satirical or like right. a current joke. They also don't know the crowd you're going to get. Exactly. And that's the big part to me that's the most intimidating about it is you're putting yourself out there as a stand-up comedian on a different level of vulnerability. You're actually you're putting your comedic sense out there for people to judge your outlook on the world in a lot of ways. Right. Because that's, to me, at least a big part of stand-up is like your outlook 
on what you think the of the world in the current state and your opinion may not be the same as everybody else's right um with improv you're not you can touch upon like current uh fair topics or um even like you know ethical topics uh you know big topics you can make really profound statements in improv that are really cool and beautiful especially with a bunch of people on stage right but there's definitely less of being yourself so it's like <clears throat> one of the things i struggle with personally in life is when it comes to improv or acting or performing in a lot of ways it doesn't really like i'm nervous mm-hmm. i can but i can contain that nervousness and use that energy to perform yeah but when it comes to public speaking mm-hmm. like from me michael e dunn uh I get really ner- I can get really nervous. Yeah. Um, and we'll kind of be putting on way more of a show, a feeling like I'm putting on a show by doing like, you know, uh, public speaking just as myself. Yeah. Comparatively to just like making up a character, right? Yeah. So then stand up is kind of the in between of both of those things. It's like public speaking and being a comedian and also probably doing a little bit of improv, especially if you get hecklers. Right. Working on your toes. So, yeah. Right. And also like who you're who who you're presenting yourself as in that at doing stand-up so yeah. it's like personal speaking you're yourself public speaking yeah maybe. sorry yeah, yeah public I know, speaking I know what you mean, though, yeah. stand-up it's like you're kind of like whittling away all of the you know your bigger perspective you're narrowing it to be a little more filtered mm-hmm. like mark maron uh you know if, if we're hanging out with mark maron I'm sure we could shoot the shit about literally anything, but Mark Maron on stage is focused on sort of things that, that frustrate him, you know, a lot of the time. And, uh, it's like kind of from the perspective of a, a, not a grumpy old man, but, uh, a grumpy, uh, uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for where you're self-aware, a grumpy self-aware old man. Self-aware, uh, self-deprecative. Yeah, in a way, yeah. yeah. Where he's, you know, this is how this is how I am now, and uh, you know, do I really I'm, want to be doing anything I'm doing in life? Like, right. what's the why? Right. Why? Why am I continuing? Why to am like, I this way? Yeah. yeah. Why am I getting mad at the? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really self-reflective. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then yeah, and then it's like where where you're doing improv. It's like fuck, I'm. I'm just going to play these characters to kind of escape the pressure of the moment. Right. You know, there's an escapism to improv that doesn't exist within stand up. Right. For better, for better, for worse. Right. And it's like, you know, equally vulnerable, but at least with improv, you know, you can kind of, not hide your opinions behind characters, but, you know, sort of like, um, express a different worldview when you're in a character or even express your own worldview, but as somebody, you know, as a fucking four year old child. Right. And and if you are going to play a character who does not have your same outlook on the world, uh, maybe from a, uh, you know, more morality, type of sure angle yeah if you're playing that person that is not a technique uh, what we'd consider like a good person in an right. improv set are you doing are you being that character to where like people don't think like that's what you actually think right can you convey it as like i'm playing a character right that thinks this way which yeah. i do not think this way 
but I am showing you that right. these people or this type of person is out there. Yeah. But I'm also, again, going back to our conversation on character, not trying to pay, play this person as, as if they're like a vaudevillian uh, bad guy or bad person. Like they're like, mm. they're a real complex right person yeah 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 how do, the the trick is pulling that off in a way that's like you know wink wink to the audience like this is funny because this person sucks but i'm not this person exactly and that and that's yeah. where that's uh, to me personally uh that's where kind of stand up and improv kind of meet in the middle sometimes yeah. where especially if it's a character that you can relate to mm-hmm. um I, i've done the mo- I've done like one show as far as a solo type of stand-up thing goes. Yes, and and in it, I definitely did some characters. Mm-hmm. So like that's one way where like improv and stand-up can kind of play because there are ways of like conveying the people you're maybe talking about in stand-up as a character, right? But maybe with a voice, um, whatever. Yeah, certain action stuff like that. So yeah, seeing seeing comedy in. The comedy cellar in New York City was uh, a wonderfully humbling experience, and um, I don't know. I, I think I feel like I, I I took a lot out of it. Um, it feels doable, but feels less doable at the same time. Yeah, and a part of that may be until you just if you end up doing it, right? You you all you need is that push, right? To right. Just like just do it once, be like, oh, yeah, no, I I I can see this. You know, it's just like yeah. I was with improv like I, I you know I'm sure plenty of people look at him and be like that's fucking crazy right I could, I could never do that yeah and I think you know when, when it comes to doing improv it's so easy at this stage that you and I are at to look back on all of the hours that we put into it and be like man that was you know this is easy this is all just this is us just making it up on the spot mm. when I when you look at stand-up when I look at stand-up I'm like oh I could use I could do that Right. But I'm ignoring the fact that there's a lot of work that needs to be done between points A and B. Yeah. And I'm also ignoring the fact that there was a lot of work done in the improv points A and B as well. Yeah. Yep. So, it, you know, and I think COVID specifically made improv feel like easier to me for some reason, like just getting back into it mm-hmm. and, you know, I don't know if it's muscle memory or just th- that we'd sort of stayed uh, active through the podcast and other pig stuff. But yeah, yeah I don't know. It's uh, it, you know, however many hours until you become an expert at something is the fucking real. And, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. A lot, a lot of time spent alone doing stand up too. Yeah. Just as far as, writing goes and right obviously the performance part yeah of it's i mean i guess if anything it's easier to you know set a schedule with your friends for times to times to rehearse and you're forced to spend those you know two hours of rehearsal mm-hmm. hammering away at creating content whereas with writing stand-up it's like no this is you your pen is your friend right and you and your friend need to fucking make shit happen right now yeah yeah right but uh yeah, so then we saw... That was Friday. That was Friday. And then we went and saw uh, back-to-back Schwartz and Friends shows and at Schwartz the Beacon and Theater. Friends. Yeah. And uh, that was, I think, the opposite for me. Mm-hmm. It made doing improv feel much more doable mm-hmm. and made me feel really good with where uh, I'm at in my improv journey right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know about you but i felt like i could have 
easily jumped on stage with them and fit right in and made that room laugh. Yeah, I, 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 that's that's the best feeling. Is like that's a great way to put it too. By the way, uh, where it's just like I feel like with Schwartz and friends for the improv shows, I was like, fucking bring me up on stage, like, <laughs> like be like that guy looks like he has pizzazz. Come up on stage and do improv with us, and I would have been like, yeah, let's fuck. Like, oh man, oh me, yes. <laughs> uh, but with like at the comedy cellar, it's just like if if they called me, it's like you want to do five, I'm just be like, yeah, no, I. I hundred percent. No, no, don't even, don't even talk to me. I mean, would I? No. no. Yeah. And it, uh, so for, uh, I guess, uh, context, the comedy seller probably seated Oof. 50 people. Yeah. Maybe. maybe a little more. Maybe. But it was like a tight 50 people. Tight 50. The Beacon Theater, but I don't know. What they say, two thousand? Yeah, I think that's what they said. Ish. So sorry, I would have felt sorry, Beacon Theater. If, I'm if we're getting this wrong, yeah. if you're listening, yeah, I don't think. Mr. I don't think theaters have ears. Yeah, yeah, but uh, they're alive. Yeah, I mean, maybe there's a a family of beacons. Ooh, ooh. Um. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like the idea of getting up in front of fifty people. To do five, terrifying. The idea of get, jumping up in front of two thousand to do improv somehow not terrifying. Just shows how much more comfortable you are, or yeah. excited slash willing to fail with improv, and that's a huge part of any type of practice and creative outlet. Is just like, are you willing to fail? Right. That's a big part of it for sure. And with stand up, yeah, I'll be, I'll, I'll fail. That's in the future, though. Right. For now. It's all fucking improv, baby. Improv? Fail with a bunch of other people. I can blame it on them. Not <laughs> so 100% easy. my fault. It's so easy to blame shit on people like stand, Josh. Stand up? No. That's all me. That's all you. Unless I could find a way to make it about somebody else. I could. I mean, you could always blame the audience. You can always blame the audience. You can be like, you know, so-and-so in the back told me this, and then it ended up being this, and I didn't know this. You know? And I got on the wrong train. And yeah, improv is just like, yeah, Susie. Awful. Yeah, tonight. What was Bad. that? And then what was that suggestion we got? Elephants? That was That's so, the least funny suggestion ever. So going back to Schwartz and Friends, mm-hmm. um, the get that they did was really simple, but yeah. comparatively between the first and the second show, completely different gets. Yeah. Um, not completely different. They're they're completely different gets, don't get me wrong, but different vibes, I guess, for lack of a better different word. energies. Yeah. The first one was he, they, their entire group, and he, he introduced the group of people performing with them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I do which list happened that. to be yeah. uh, Eugene Cordero, mm-hmm. uh, Molly, hang on, I'm yeah. just going to get this right. You get the list. Uh, Mary Holland, Beep. Drew Tarver. So it was Ben Schwartz, Eugene Cordero, Mary Holland. And Drew Tarver. Tarver? Tarver. Tarver. Yeah, so they brought up, they introduced the the, the friends. Yep. uh, Schwartz introduced the friends. And then the get for both shows, same get for both shows, was uh, is there anything anyone is excited about uh, for this Memorial Day? Yeah, it's Memorial Day weekend or whatever was coming up. Has anybody got anything good good going on, looking forward to? Mm -hmm. And the first show was like, you know, 
somebody I know is adopting and it's just like, you know, a lot of like, okay, that's great. Thank you so much. Uh, can we get something from somebody who is actually having something happen to them and not right. another person? So it's just like a lot of like all over the place. Yeah, somebody to was find, graduating. Right. And then the person that they ended up talking to and getting the get from was like somebody who's having a baby. No, no, that was a different person. Was was a different a baby. person. Whatever uh, the, they were, they were going on an anniversary trip to Hershey park with the kids. Anniversary park to Hershey park. Yeah. And in the, in the conversation was really lackluster Yeah, uh, between them and getting the get from the audience. And then the second show was mm-hmm. complete opposite. The first person they asked or that they, not that they yeah. asked, but they got the get from yeah. was um, going to a Renaissance fair this Memorial Day, and they were just like, "Oh, and yeah. you can just tell when, like, you we you got to see on a big stage like four improvisers when they know they get a good get compared yeah. to four improvisers when they are like, okay, we're this is a weird audience, like yeah, they're, they're they're not really getting fishing for something, yeah, yeah, yeah. The audience is like wanting to have more fun than like, and yeah, again, that's 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 fine, that's that's the, and with that's the, the first get. Ben was like sort of asking them for more detail, like literally like asking like is there anything else happening that you know we could anything else exciting from this that we can pull from anything like you know look fishing for literally you know better details we're trying to have this help influence our show and it was still you know the first show was still good and it was like you know uh it was great improv however it was missing i don't know it was missing that that energy the the relaxed like yeah don't give a fuck energy and the yeah. second show they gave much less fucks they were right. much more loose i mean yeah speaking and it's, vaguely but it just felt like a much looser show and it was it's weird to me that you know they could have have a more relaxed show that feels more fun than the first show where they're like working you know oh yeah like working like uh like, like you know because work a little harder yeah to yeah. me and this has always sort of been my mindset is that good improv shows are the ones where you're like you're on you're picking it up picking up whatever fucking energy from you're getting from the crowd you're working it and you're making it happen the second show was like fucking no rules yeah just having fun right not not no rules obviously they played by improv rules but it was it was so much looser and so much more fun that it sort of has changed my perspective on improv and performing improv because I'm so focused all the time on finding the game and hitting the game. Second show did not feel like they were focused on finding and hitting the game at all. They just let it happen. Yeah. And I don't know. It was, so the second get was, uh, renaissance the fair. renaissance fair yeah that also happened to be pirate themed right and also had apparently shrek, shrek people from the shrek universe and there were two people that were going to the renaissance fair in the theater yeah and i thought i thought that was a really interesting and great move that i don't we could never make at our small theater i mean yeah. we could they but, have too many suggestions for that type of show comparatively right. we're kind of we have to fish a little bit with a smaller audience but they were able to Ask the audience if anyone else was going to the Renaissance Fair, find somebody else and get more detail from that person. Exactly. And it was so much fun to watch, like you said, the four improvisers each time a new fucking juicy detail yeah. was brought out. They were just like itching. They were just like, oh, let's go. Like yeah. they, they were so excited. And I'm so glad that you 
brought up the opener because it got me thinking, could they have been more excited about the Hershey Park stuff? Like, could they have not pretended to be, but could they have been, you know, more excitable when it came to small details? Like the kid, I don't know. Like just like what it really got me thinking was like, can you bring the energy into your opener and by practice, breathe life into your set? Now, I'm not saying like, because they weren't excited about the first opener, did they have a boring show? I'm thinking like, all right, maybe, maybe it is pretending. Could you act more interested in the information you're getting from your opener? And if you did, would that lead to a better set? I just don't know. I would think, yes, I think it would um, lead to a, a more, I don't know if it'd lead to a better set. Mm-hmm. It might lead to a more relaxed set, but I was going to say, I think the, a big difference just between both uh, openers as well was the 1030 show. They were like, we're going to go late. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like there was no like, you know, everybody flew in. I think Ben Schwartz, who said everybody flew in from L.A. That, yeah. that day, Saturday or whatever. No, um, they, were in, they were in Philly the night Friday before. night. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah, even more so. They did yeah. end a show in Philly the Friday night. Mm-hmm. They got into New York Saturday, uh, you know, uh, whatever XYZ bullshit they got going on there in their life. Mm-hmm. Uh, comes the seven o'clock show. And then they know they have a little bit of break in between the seven o'clock and the 10 o'clock show. Yeah. And then 1030. They're just like, whatever, whatever. Like, let's, yeah. This one's for us. Yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe not so much like, you know, as an improviser, it's you're not, it's your job to breathe life into the opener. But mm. I think as an improviser, it's your job to do it for you. Yeah. And if your opener is not exciting, I don't know, maybe you just acknowledge that it's not exciting. Sure. Or, I mean, ugh, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm bastardizing the, the seven o'clock show. It was good. Yeah. It was great. And it was wonderful to see, obviously, really talented performers doing long form improv. I mean, it's still wonderful, yeah. but there, there was a, a big difference between the seven and the 10 30. Absolutely. And we also went to the 10 o'clock show with much better seats. Yes, that's true too. And we were closer. We could just kind of, you know, see their expressions a lot better. Mm-hmm. A lot of things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. The energy in the first seven o'clock show was just like, it was very loud. Yeah. A um, lot of energy. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. A lot of energy. Um, and people wanted. It felt like it was like we're there. We're put on a show, and then ten o'clock was just yeah. Yeah, it was just like let's just have fun. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's I don't cool know. Though. Maybe that's maybe that's like you know just my biggest takeaway is that you gotta have fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. Do do it for you. Um. But one of the biggest takeaway. One of my biggest takeaways though. Uh. From the weekend in general, even the past mm. two weeks, including Marin. Yeah. Um, that when he played at the Columbus in Providence, um, was to see improv last night, or it's not, no, excuse me, not last night at the beacon, the, mm-hmm. the Schwartz and friend shows. And even a few years ago, seeing uh middle ditch and Schwartz when they did the duo, um, seeing improv in theater spaces. Yeah. Uh, it's not something I remember growing up with. Uh, right. as an option yeah 
Oh, for I, sure. I didn't. I I understood what improv was growing up, and like you know, younger years, like just knowing comedy and even knowing like SNL and how people come up through into SNL with like I'd heard of Second City and all the stuff and blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um, I understood it, but it, I it never it would never seemed like super attainable unless like I knew where to go, whatever the case was. Yeah, as far as like big theater stuff goes, um, and. You know, stand up has been doing theater stuff and stadium stuff shit for, yeah. for a while now. Uh, so just thinking about like seeing Mark Barron, seeing the 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 comedians at the Comedy Cellar, uh, you know, and but seeing improv in a theater space like that, like a big theater space, I was like, that's pretty cool. If that's potentially like what could come from right. uh, live improv. Uh, kind of coming out of like you know it's obviously it's going to still be in the small theaters of course because that's where it came from and that's yeah. how you practice and you get your reps in and like there's there's beauty in the comedy cellar there's beauty in seeing mark Marin at the columbus theater right yeah. both are just different experiences mm-hmm. you need both in order for everything to survive yeah so it'd be really cool to like start seeing improv comedy also have that effect of like there's the small theaters yeah but then there's maybe some clubs and maybe there's some actual bigger theaters that are made showcasing improv comedy as well yeah um something that people got excited about like you even saw it when ben schwartz was introing the show for both sets mm-hmm. um he was like we're gonna do long form improv and everybody's like yeah, <laughs> and, he yeah. Was, and you just saw his face like what the f- fuck this is so weird like everybody everybody apparently here know everybody here apparently knows what long form improv is right um so that was that was really exciting yeah um uh you know i mean i guess to stay on the subject of uh stand-up and improv this will be my last thing but like uh growing up and un- uh responding to stand-up comedy more just because it felt like it was more the more popular art form yeah um even though you know improv again going to saturday night live mm-hmm. acting and tv shows and movies but there's a great deal of improv it's just it just wasn't i never thought about it really right. as much as stand-up growing up yeah but uh you know stand-up i always remember the knock towards improv was just that like stand-up was a higher class of comedy than right. improv ever could be yeah um and i always remember thinking about that and that sticking with me yeah for a long time and then i started doing improv yeah and, but improv and then but so i guess i don't know i guess long long about way of getting to what i'm trying to say is just it's cool to see improv comedy kind of like coming into the theater realm of things and maybe have a different sense of awe and amaze to it yeah. um, maybe because it feels it could feel new to people and that's exciting yeah i uh i i agree <clears throat> i didn't know what improv was until i started doing it so you know if if i never stepped foot in the providence improv guild and heard long form improv i probably would not know yeah still yeah but i will say the the jokes about you know improv being uh the i don't know basement of comedy is that a saying sure i I know what you mean kind of wore off really quick when i started doing improv classes because it's it's easy if you see a bad improv show and you only know improv from that one bad improv show fuck yeah i understand that perspective a hundred percent but doing it and then learning how to do it well I have so much respect for improv and I, I hope that 
like you said, you know, improv being in these bigger theater spaces will pick up and keep up that momentum of respect for the art form. But I think what people are missing is how like terrifying and complex it, it is, Uh, especially to go from level one to performing on a regular basis is so complex. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. There's just uh, the stigma of improv being crappy comedy. I, I feel is, is washing away, especially with, you know, what, what we see on, on television with the, on television, uh, on Netflix with, um, the fucking detective show. Oh yeah. Uh, Will Arnett's show. Murder something. Murderville. Murderville. Yeah. 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 I mean, even, uh, we, we talked about it. We've talked about Curb a few times. Mm-hmm. A great, great deal of Curb is written in a loose kind yeah. of like direction based kind of writing. So it's like there is respect for the art form, but people are kind of just picking and choosing where. I don't think they realize. I mean, it, you, yeah. know, it, you know, you know, yeah. Like I said, like Curb doing uh, hiring a lot of improv comedians to do the show because they'll have like an idea for what the scene's going to be like, and then they improv a lot of it. Yeah. But even more so, like you know, some of the greatest scenes in film are like the actor just kind of improving a line or yeah. whatever the case is. So it's like it's always been there, but. I think the idea of practicing it is uh, yeah yeah and up. you know everything happening in the moment too i don't i don't think people realize one how much fucking improv they do throughout the day and and people by people you know i mean the layman mm-hmm. um lame lame men but also like i don't think they they realize how hard they're working to exist day to day yeah. You know, in, in, in the sense that, like, you get a fu- fucking phone call, you got to answer it and, you know, deal with it in, in real time. And that's hard. That's hard yeah. to do. I don't want to fucking take phone calls. I like conversating with people. Conversing? What'd I say? Conversating? Yeah. Is that a word? I think so. Let's roll with it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> How fucking dare you, man? I just cut you off. I'm trying to seem and appear professional. You're... You're just, you're very emotional right now. You're about, to cr- I, you're about to cry. I am because I'm trying so hard to single-handedly carry this podcast. No, bigger than that, man. Cause I am doing that, mm. but get people to respect improv and you're over here <laughs> micromanaging <laughs> me. Is that why your name is Mike? Cause you micromanage could be. Anyway, see, I wasn't anticipating having to do that, and that was hard. That was improv? Yeah. That was impressive. Thank you. I liked it. Thank you. You should catch a show. You should. Well, that was a great, we had a great weekend overall. <laughs> oh, fuck um, us. Yeah. New York City. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, New York City with the boys. New York City with the boys and the other people. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was good. Uh, but yeah, we're both tired. Very tired. It's been a long weekend. It's been uh, a long weekend. And we got to start prepping for another long weekend of our, own, of our own shows. Of our own improv. Yeah. Before we go, um, I just want to talk a little bit more to, you know, cover up any massive editing that I might have to do. What, um, 
in terms of uh of 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 i guess form and opener what did you like what stood out from the schwartz and friends show and what do you think you'll do differently It's a great question. Do you have an answer for yourself? Literally just came up with that question. I like it. Okay. Um, yeah, I would say what I, what I noticed about the form uh, was it had, a, it was very callback heavy, mm-hmm. um, almost Harold like, but only in the sense of callbacks. Yeah. Um, you know, it, I, it'd be hard pressed to say that they like, there was a specific group game throughout the entire thing. There was definitely many scenes with, uh, mm-hmm. everybody in most of the scenes had everybody on it in it which yeah. is really cool um but what i would say i would really love to just have uh more time on stage yeah like that's I, I know that sounds like greedy but it is the the amount of space that they had to just play mm-hmm. um, in an hour and a half set. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I wish I could rewatch them again to kind of break down maybe what they were doing with some type of form, but yeah. overall, like just how coherent and how loose and how group minded everybody was. So mm-hmm. I, I guess, and I guess if I want to try to take something out of what I saw is just, um, yeah, that group mind that they all really had and really got on the same page with and, again, really had that time to, like, sit in the group games that they were in and, you know, not just uh, have it be a quick palate cleanser. It's like, no, we're going to a group game yeah, where it could go about five to ten minutes and it's borderline a mono scene within right. this entire hour and a half long set. Mm-hmm. And then guess what? We're going to come out of it. And then we, we're going to, we're probably going to go back to it yeah. at some point. So it's just like the amount of time that they had within that hour and a half to play yeah, uh, was really cool. Um, just because of what it did for their group work, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. It, um, it felt really nice to see a 10 minute group scene without feeling like, when are they going to wipe this scene? That's another thing, too. They didn't do any wipes. It's all French no, edits. No wipes. And it yeah. was beautifully done. It was really well done, yeah. Great great point. Um, I think, for me, and I, I thought of this while you were talking, so it's going to be somewhat similar. Ride the train. But seeing them sort of uh, go into the second show looser kind of inspired me to not be so rigid in in how i uh see the 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 set um from a bigger picture standpoint i guess so i'm always thinking of like what does what's what do we need next what is it what should the next scene be high energy low energy xyz i didn't really feel like they were kind of working that way at all because all of the scenes sort of had similar a similar energy to it. Um, now, you know, one of my big things is making sure that, you know, if one scene is done sitting down, then the next scene should be standing up. But why, why does that matter? 
I think coming out of this weekend, I'm now asking myself, why does that matter? Yes. Do I think in our small space, sitting down back to back is probably not great for people in the back row, but I mean, I don't know. I, I think, I think I'm just going to come into improv with a much looser perspective. Um, because I think, yeah, I've been, I've been hindering myself with structure and even trying to find structure in montages, which I usually love being part of because there's no structure. I think it's a difficult balance mm-hmm. uh, when with improv again, to needing to perform with other people being on the same page. Yeah. One of the, um, I wouldn't call it much more difficult things about improv uh, is getting everybody on the same page yeah. when it comes to structure too. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you maybe really want to do really loose and then someone's going to be like, you can't do that though. And right. it's about, you know, now you have to convince this person that like, it shouldn't matter. Right. We should just be able to do X, Y, Z. Again, it's about, about being in, performing with people that are all on the same, like, yes, yes, let's do that. I, yeah. I want that same type of energy. And they were all on the same page yeah. with their capabilities and abilities and lines and crossing all that stuff. Yeah. uh, I mean, I think, I think either you or or Matt said it, it felt very Harold like their, their montages and, and you know, something that stuck, stuck out was like, they were using the same jokes in different scenes, but you know, with different characters, you know? So it's like, of course you can do a, a run of, I don't know, getting DreamWorks characters wrong right. and continue that throughout, you know, whatever, whatever scenes you're doing next. Like it doesn't matter because we're all there in the room together experiencing the same thing. And you know, if you can fucking milk a joke for all it's worth, go for it. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, I don't know. So it doesn't, doesn't to me now it doesn't matter how, <clears throat> I don't know your variety none of that none of that matters to me anymore you know because I, I one of my biggest things is diversifying sets and making sure that you're borrowing as much as you can from the opener but you know building a world out of it mm. maybe you may not need to yeah may not necessarily need to but at the same time me saying that i don't need to it's also adding structure so yeah i know well, that's that's a whole other <laughs> conversation of yeah, but yeah, I just think you know my biggest takeaway is just fucking being confident in how loose it could be. Yeah, it man. Could get. They had four fucking chairs. They had four fucking chairs. Four chairs. Four chairs. Only God, French edits. God damn it. God damn it. Indeed. Yeah, I think that's that's the a move we may have to maybe. Roger Davidson, if you're listening, we may be coming for you with four chairs. Four fucking chairs. Four chairs and limited structure. Kind but of the, the problem with four chairs is that pig literally only has, I don't know, 25 chairs in the space. Right. So. Okay. So privileged improvisers can use four chairs when they're at the beacon theater. Maybe if right. we have a, a slow night, we can do four chairs. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Great, great weekend overall. Great weekend. A lot of wonderful comedy. And yeah. uh, I don't know. I can't, I can't wait to go back to New York and see more improv. I think that's definitely in our future. Yeah. Um, but uh, until then, uh, you can catch us Friday, Saturday. uh, Yeah. Friday, seven, Tara Bang, nine o'clock, sitting ducks, Saturday, seven o'clock, Dr. Nine time. Dr. Nine time.
Sitting Ducks, and Tara Bang. Talk to her nighttime. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah. Any, any last words? Uh, um, do what you love doing. You'll never work a day in your life. <laughs> yeah. Take that with you. Put that in your cap. Sweet dreams. If you're listening to this before bed. Yeah. Good night. Good night, sweet, sweet prince and princesses and non-binary royalty. Good save. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thanks to the 26 people that are regularly listening to our podcast. Yeah, 26. Great number. Um, I have no feelings about it. I just... It's a good number. Seems like a good number. Yeah. Oh, there are 26 letters in the alphabet. Look at you. Look at us. I guess that's it, right?